0: Oh, my God. Welcome to Managing Marketing. Today we're in Zurich and I'm sitting down with uh, Dennis Vlad and Nick Guido from Prosper, a Swiss consultancy that helps companies develop and implement business transformation strategies. That would be fair, wouldn't it? Welcome. Um, thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you, Darren. Um, yes, uh, if, you, if you need a short, uh, short sentence for our company, yes, uh, that's that's the core of the business we do. Uh, sure, there are some other parts uh, or some other type of projects we do left and right of it, but that's the core of it. And uh, maybe before you ask the question... <laughs> pros-
0: well, I was going to say, the name sort of <laughs> infers that, doesn't it? Because Prosper is clearly Prosper and Inspire. So what do, what brought about that as the name?
1: The idea actually was uh, something to find find something that combines the uh, an inspirational objective for both the employees or our people and the client typically project work can be done like a very i uh, i come in do the work and i leave again uh, the result is there but uh, where's the long-term sustainable result you want to achieve it's about people that's the inspiring part you need to trigger maybe some new ideas in people so they start rethinking their own situation and that again gives us a way to to mobilize people for these transformations because partly of looking differently at your own job, at your own function in a company and the new opportunities. And the second is I think I I always believe or we always believe that things have to grow they will die sometimes, yes. Mm. <laughs> Trees die, uh, companies die, people die. But I think the aspect of growth uh, to, to bring something to the real size it has internally, uh, that like the, the what's something that's given to the, to the company, to a person from beginning, that's something we want to, to really release and grow that's the prospering part of it mm-hmm. so really taking care taking care about our people taking care about the people of the client and the companies at least at the end
0: i get from that a sense of sort of reaching its full potential
1: yes i think that's uh, maybe you're. More more uh, sophisticated words. with yeah, makes it nice. Yes. Well, the way you
0: explain that, Nick, uh, makes me think of the P3 in Trinity P3, which is helping people achieve commercial purpose through creative process. The only additional part I have is that we focus very much on the creative process, whereas, um, now correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, but the business for you guys is really starting with the strategy and taking that down through the organisation.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely the, the, a true case. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, when you really look at, 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 at successful brands, and I'm talking about successful brands, right? yeah. um, then there is usually a clear strategy how we're positioning our company, what are we doing, what we're not doing, um, and that you, is reflected in basically everything such a company does. Um, so it it's reflected in the products they offer to the uh, to the market in the services, how they treat the customers in the services as well uh, and even down finds its uh, its purity in the marketing uh, how I talk with my customers how I reach my customers what are the, the images the messages that I send out and um, and get that in a real sp- uh, yeah aligned and, and um, mm. comprehensive view, that's a little bit our, our philosophy behind that.
0: Well that uh, that infers a great uh, huge opportunity because as you said that it that alignment occurs with successful brands mm. but how many companies have we all worked with where there's a disconnect between strategy and marketing between the business and the various parts of the business. I mean is that one of the big challenges that you find?
1: Yes, I think this is, in general, not only with companies, but it's a big challenge. Sometimes we would like to be a bird when we are fish, (laughs) 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 and and yes, it takes some some evolutionary cycles before this is happening, and that's why I really support Dennis' uh, explanation on the uh, sophisticated alignment between strategy, branding, um, everything designed through to really uh, live to the values and to the strategy and i think this is uh one of the huge opportunities and whenever we we start a project we try to at least understand the the core dna of a, of a existing company mm. and understand what are the strengths i mean you cannot build you have to build a strategy on existing capabilities and it takes a long time to build new capabilities on uh, in a company mm. so sometimes people or some, some companies have a brand or a, st- or a strategy or even marketing that is not a- fitting with their inner core strength. Mm-hmm. And finding that out and realigning it uh, all of a sudden brings a huge uh, energy to the people and of course then to the market.
0: Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk in business about uh, finding the core purpose of the business. And in marketing there's now this talk about creating a core brand purpose and to me it's ridiculous to think of them as two separate things i mean why would you talk about a business purpose and a brand purpose as being two different things yeah and i think i even think we
2: look at the problem from from the wrong angle when we come with uh, well, we need to have the core first i mean i think uh, every business when you do a strategy for example or positioning of your company first you need to say okay what's What's actually my promise to my customers? What, what is that what I want to stand for mm. positioning out. and um, and that is then and usually the promise is an experience. so mm. when a customer comes to me, what do I want to experience? and that brings us then to the brand you know the pra- brand is actually the, the promise of the experience and that's what I, what we think it starts at the strategy, what do we really need, positioning and goes then down into the, the products. The, how you design your prices, how you design through, how, through whom you're distributing your solutions, and how you communicate on the market, which guess surprises the, the old four P's. Then, mm. you know, And I still think they are valid, although they were emerging to eight P's or ten P's, <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think it's a competition in uh, marketing to see who can come up with the most P, or the most number of P's. Exactly. You know. but, um, but yeah, I
2: agree with you. You know, I P is the number for the circles. <laughs> so that's probably the thing. Everything <laughs> comes back in a circle. Huh?
0: <laughs> well, but I think uh, it, it's still valid because we deal with a lot of marketers who call themselves marketers, but they only really have influence over one of those P's, which is promotion and advertising or communications. Whereas you guys uh, in your strategy work are really mainly focusing on the other three. When you talk about strategy, you're not talking about a marketing communication strategy. You're actually talking about product strategy and pricing and and the distribution, aren't you? Yes. um
2: I mean, when we start with it, of course, usually the problem starts always with, with existing companies or even startups. Is How do I
1: earn money? <laughs> huh? sure. So it all how starts. Can I, how can I still keep on earning money? Yeah, because How it, can I still normally keep there's on a pain earning coming money
2: up and, and, and so on? I mean, it's all it's still business. Huh? Yeah. So you need to know uh, markets, what markets are expecting from you? How can I grow in this market? How are my competitions? Uh, Uh, look like, how do uh, they approach the same customers that I'm approaching, Uh, what is my legal environment, what is my regulative environment uh, around it, what is the technology trends that I'm uh, jumping on, that I'm leveraging, Um, how is my go-to-market, my delivery. These are all questions that influence then at the end what I'm delivering to my customer. And And,
1: and um, you have ways to add something. Quite often you have operational issues inside the company too. Mm. Mm-hmm. so that's uh, they're somehow we are called in when when the a problem appearing. if everything is sound and perfect, then we're ma- management consultants are uh, superfluous in this in this world.
0: Well, yeah, there's two roles for management consultants. one is to solve problems that the organization either can't solve themselves or two is to show them opportunity that they haven't seen so. I guess, you know, problem is usually a much more of a pain point. So it inspires people to actually take action, doesn't
1: it? Exactly. There's a need to do something. Yeah. And uh, as everything is running smoothly, I've, I'm bringing in the figures I, I was expected to. Uh, people get comfortable again. Mm. And that's and even in a comfortable situation, it's, uh, it requires quite some work to... I, I think it requires even more... Uh, inspirational leadership and and, uh, focus to get uh, clients in a comfortable situation to rethink their position.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Leaving the comfort zone, which is a typical buzzword, you know, getting out of the comfort zone. uh, It has a lot to do with inspiration. Mm. And inspirational leadership, as you say, and that's actually the second part of our name. So, I mean, you cannot prosper something if you're not showing people an inspiration. It's this old thing, people probably know that from from Saint-Exupéry. They say, hey, when you want to build a ship, you know, you can either tell people, uh, you know, here's a bar, here are nails and things, build a ship together, or you can tell them how beautiful is the air at the sea. Mm. And then get them inspiration. how can actually they build the ship and get to the sea that they can breathe that air. The same thing is with Bosping companies. And you say, well, you know, probably you have a product line that is struggling or you have a suddenly new competition entering a market and you don't know, oh, do I still have the product and so on. Then often you have to bring them back and say, okay, who's your customer? What do they really want? And how do you get a smile on your customer's face? And then the inspiration starts again. And with the inspiration, the company start or the people in the company start to rethink actually what they do. And uh, probably improve that what they what they do, and that's a little bit that what we try to, yeah, kick off in the people, in on in our projects.
0: So how to refocus the organisation back onto its core purpose, which is to create customers and satisfy customers. Yeah, and, and earn we,
1: money, of course.
0: <laughs> well, look, it's interesting because you've said that, and yet there's a great quote. That that I always refer to, which is that uh, profit is for an organisation or a company what uh, breathing is for a human being. Exactly. I, you I, don't you don't live to breathe, but if you don't breathe, you die. Exactly. And a company doesn't exist purely to make profit. That's right. But if it doesn't make profit, it dies. So so, so you know the idea of um, what is it that we need to do beyond just making money because the end point is if you get the first part right then Mm. you will make profits if you get your your core uh... function or your core positioning or your core purpose of fulfilling a need amongst your customers whoever they are and that's what the strategy does doesn't
1: it yeah definitely i just mentioned it because we we lost a bit uh, we went into the let's say the purpose of a company Mm. and sometimes uh... People start or companies start thinking about well, my purpose is uh, to be the to uh, the, uh, to bring fortune to the people mm. at the at the cost of the company. Yeah, and that doesn't work. I mean, there's still a company is a is a win-oriented uh, organization. There's a purpose behind it uh, that ideally is requested or wanted by the customers, and they found a way. To earn money with it, to invest again and to make them even more successful. Agree, but I think the problems start there when then companies become greedy.
2: No, greed is anyhow but very but when comes uh, And then the sh- shareholder value is bigger than that what you actually... Well, the pockets in the,
1: in the trousers are bigger than the... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that,
0: that's that's no, the it thing. Is, that's it is about striking a balance, isn't it? Yeah, it's the balance if, that you need. Because yeah. and,
2: and, and honestly, that balance becomes in the future even more important. When you look, for example, and there was some news newspaper articles and uh, and studies lately about the millennials you know mm. what kind of value sets that they have and um and and even not only the millennials as well as the, the the generation before the millennials and even the one before um uh, x, and y. They x, x and y and golf and whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think they all have Look for, for, for a value-driven um, economy as well that comes back and says it's not only about money. It's not only about uh, being greedy and get the maximum out of it. There must be something more behind it. And when brands or companies don't get that, I think they, they struggle sooner, sooner or later.
0: I don't, I don't think that's actually new um, consideration. I think human beings have always wanted to feel good about the transactions and the decisions they make. Mm -hmm. I think what's happened now is that in a world where everything is bland, they're looking for a heightened level of feeling good about it, you know, a a sort of higher level. If you go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's, I don't just want to get a good car or a nice pair of shoes, I want to also feel a higher level emotional benefit or Mm -hmm feeling from doing that and I think that's why we're seeing organizations running around trying to create a purpose that's actually way beyond the actual core purpose which is create customers, fulfill their needs and leave them feeling good and wanting more. Yeah, leave
2: them feeling valued. Yeah. And And honestly I think that is one of the biggest problems a lot of companies have do they still value their customers or is it just a cost uh, position that needs to be served as cost efficient as possible
1: and and that's where i think mm-hmm. there is, it's time for a change in management of a company we have uh, we have seen a time a period now where you optimize everything efficient efficiency efficiency yes uh, you you can increase your margin but uh, we have uh, I think we have been efficient over the purpose of human beings. Mm. So we are so efficient that we say uh, the best is if you don't have any human beings on this world anymore. Yeah. So and that's uh, kind of killing our own customers and killing the purpose. And what we see as well is a lot of people, even the younger generation, is, is doing a lot of offline again. They meet again in person, not only chatting, they're chatting a lot, but they meet quite often. And they want to have the social context again. Yeah, that human connection. The human connection is... And if you have a service organization that has no human interface anymore, I mean, try to talk to Google. Mm. If you want to complain about a search entry or whatever, it's very hard to find an address or to talk to one even. I think there's a phone number in Then you have a chatbot. We are just, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's where the, where the human interface uh, becomes, uh, I think, becomes more important and the new generations that have fully integrated those devices which were completely new to us in their lives mm. they use it differently they have a different uh, view on that and uh, I think this will be a challenge for, for the existing companies as well if they don't uh, embrace this change and see how, how does this affect the services I'm delivering today in a world where greed was everything so uh, the cheaper I can get the service the better mm. without uh, thinking about the consequences and now people are there they have what is this I need someone I can trust I don't trust a machine maybe I trust Google yes <laughs> but I, I need someone who who is helping me uh, getting organized in this world mm. so who is it is it my friend is it people I can talk to where I can see the reactions in the faces and um, I think this and a lot of companies I think will get in trouble with the existing products because their products have been efficient, they have been well designed, they have been thought through but uh, sooner or later they lack the human touch of it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, they've extracted everything that they thought was superfluous or extra exactly. and got to a very bare bones but actually people are looking for a richer, deeper interaction than just the bare bones of delivering a service there's a almost like it's most products have become utilitarian you know it's just to fulfill a ba- very basic need and forgotten that as human beings as you say we want that interaction we want a sense of connection mm. in yeah. most transactions
2: and i think that's the thing you bring it very with the point to utilization mm. by by optimizing a lot of products in its delivery maybe chatbots, uh, robotics uh, and so on, utilizing it Um, so they become exchangeable. And then suddenly companies are surprised why customers are going to competitors. Mm. Because they just say, well, when when the service is anyway already crap, then I just go uh, to the cheapest one. And then they're jumping from one corner to the other. Or somebody suddenly comes and gives them a real brand with a real value, with real humans, with real real feeling and delivery of being treated, Mm. then they go there. Then they don't go back, Uh, because uh, that is not a utility then anymore.
1: Maybe a a couple of days ago, I had a discussion with with an insurance guy who was working in the claims department. He said, uh, well, we don't want actually any further optimization of the process or taking the people out of it, because when people call us to to, to re- report their first notice of loss, as mm. we call it, they need someone that emotionally can listen to them. Yeah, empathy. They they have exactly empathy. They have I don't know their house burned down. They had a car accident. Mm. That's a major impact for those mm. people. Or someone died, and it's about a life insurance or whatever. It's it's a major impact. And if you handle that just by a machine, I think that's that's not we're not we're not doing ourselves. How do you say? What is the right word for it? Um, I think we are offering services to human people, to human beings that are not. If you think about it, it's it's beyond our purpose. Yeah. Or below our purpose. Below the purpose. Yeah. Below the purpose. We are giving us really bad service, and we are proud of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's actually where then the link to marketing to, to or communications. Yeah. <laughs> marketing actually, company, communication. Marketing show. communication comes. Um, so, because that is the window that is out there. That's how I communicate with my customers. And then the delivery is, is crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the worst disaster you can imagine. And nice, nice sunny beaches, people on, uh, in the sun. And on the other side, the, the, the service desert, that's uh, not going to
0: work at all. So that's <laughs> fr- uh, from our perspective and the, the consulting work we do with marketing comms people is that they feel, one, they're too far at the end of the strategic process. I they're fully, the, I fully the, agree. Okay, they're right at the end. Yep. They are given, here's the proposition, <laughs> go and communicate that. They take the budget, they plan it, they optimise it, they make sure that the every person that's possibly in the target audience is going to hear this message. And then either the product, the distribution or the pricing lets the whole thing down. <laughs> Because all of the work has been done, but not necessarily coordinated to create a a whole customer experience. Like so Mm -hmm. much work's done in getting the proposition right and the pricing right, but then the actual delivery lets them down.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that has a lot to do, and that's where then we we come in. Has a lot to do is how is the company structured? What is the uh, positioning of the company? How is the Product design that you want to deliver, and what are the metrics behind it? How you measure the people? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you when you tell all your people, oh yeah, we are here for you when there's problem, but then the call center agent is managed by uh, seconds that he wastes uh, with a customer on the phone. Mm. Well, that is a dismatch. When when your KPI
0: is the number of customers you can deal with in an hour rather than the depth of service that you provide, um, you're getting a a call center customer, a a customer officer going, yes, yeah, yeah, thanks very much, bye, and hanging up on the customer. Or
1: or you get a customer service that where you call a call center agent that really can't help you because uh, this person. Is not really educated or prepared for the job the person should do, mm. or the service you should deliver. Mm. Yeah, so because that is <laughs> and Training and training and is expensive, expensive. <laughs> 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 and it takes
0: time too. And we haven't got time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't have time because it costs money. The um, other big change that's happened is the pace of competitive change. In that almost any category you think of and i know you guys work across a number of categories but you know this idea that, that you need to constantly be evolving and 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 developing
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and a part of your inspiring i guess is to you yep. know, have a driver for this constant evolution exactly the thing about that is it does require to do it efficiently a a a Incredible uh, level of collaboration, doesn't it? Because the speed to market and that development can't be done in silos or can't be done by a single company alone. It needs two things. It needs first of all, it needs
2: the leadership. Yeah. Um, because a leadership or leader that is not promoting, engaging, motivating, allowing collaboration. Is is, is is not helping uh, that people actually collaborate. I mean, the example that you said that marketi- marketing people, marketeers are always, you know, uh, and strategy is totally disconnected mm. is the problem because there's no leader in front of it that says, no, it, you all belong together. You really all need to work uh, together. And that's a problem that we often face uh, within companies. That, mm. uh, um, actually, yeah. It's often a question about leadership.
1: Uh. Uh, Leadership starts at the very top uh, because sometimes organization, to get some organizational, let's say, efficiency, Mm -hmm. (laughs) here is the word again, and to install checks and balances in companies, you need to have a certain uh, silos. They are there in one or the other way. And the only person that can uh, trigger the over cross cross silo thinking is the top management because they allow their people to talk to the others develop a a, a solution that goes across the across different business divisions and things like that and to allow really a transformation and it's amazing when you really connect all the different silos and the different functions and give them the freedom to really design or to develop new ideas because all of a sudden company itself can develop an end-to-end production or of a new service Mm. it goes fast it we're just as consultants we are just here to to support the people giving them the the courage to do things because they always uh, blocked if I do this I'm not uh, exceeding my competencies or I'm uh, uh, crossing a functional line I'm not supposed to do but when you when you get this freedom People are amazing what they can do, organizations are amazing what they can do.
0: Mm.
1: And you don't need to be Google or uh, these high tech or new companies, you can do it with a really old-fashioned company too.
0: It's interesting you say that because a lot of companies, a lot of traditional companies look to startups and tech companies for the sort of secret source of how they actually innovate. Yeah, you know, and it's because not it's not because they have a secret source, it's because they actually have a a culture that drives innovation and a culture that drives it. Because or, even even Google and Facebook have silos. Or they have this
2: the uh, purpose of the company or, or, the, or the, the the promise of a delivery or that they want or an experience that they want to deliver. Mm. Uh, because when you t- and we work a lot with startups um, as well here and especially collaboration with startups, which is apart from collaborating within the company, now imagine <coughs> that certain pieces of your product gets delivered by an by an external party, mm. uh, like a startup. Or a fintech or something, then you can imagine how these fights and collaborations are <laughs> struggling. And you, you know, you have outsourced because it's more efficient a certain important piece of your product. Um, <laughs> how you get even external peoples mm. into delivering the brands that you brought <laughs> one on on the marketing on one side. That's where it then gets really difficult, and that's why inspirational leadership becomes very, very key. But I'm I was losing track here a little bit. So um, <coughs> yeah, so startups when you work with them, I think they're st- they because they have a, a a very defined purpose. They're very focused around something. They have a clear idea what kind of experience they want to deliver, and that's why they have this positive mode. They have say, the, oh yeah, this is what we want to deliver, and all these five six people are target towards this target and they all work as a team towards that. Unfortunately, we don't find that in large organizations anymore. That's really problem.
0: Do you think one of the issues, because large organizations spend a lot of time incentivizing people and that uh, often those incentives are counterintuitive
1: to getting alignment? 100% sure it's right. Yeah, the incentives typically is, is one of the first mm-hmm. things I, I try to change to change the incentives of the management and the team leads so we get the collaboration going because the, the incentives they rather support the checks and balances setup than uh, the collaboration mm. so that's if you for during the transformation you need to set new incentives and new incentive systems or better even you stop all the incentives and create a purposeful future and people will follow that if you give them time and, and credibility and appreciation
0: in fact there's uh, there's even evidence that uh, you mentioned generation y and and millennials mm-hmm. um, they don't want financial incentives because they expect to be paid well <laughs> and then they want more emotional incentives which is to make them feel good about the you know uh, their time that they're investing in that organization it's really interesting because baby boomers and gen x are the generation of cr- climb the greasy pole cr- climb the corporate ladder you know make your money on the way up get the big bonus
1: nobody ever emotionally uh, thanked us during our work <laughs> <laughs> in those times,
0: yeah, but it's interesting how things have changed. I mean, it's not that they they don't want to be paid; they're not. They are. They, you know, they expect to be paid for their work. They just don't expect to have to be held to a random metric of performance to get additional money.
2: Mm. Yeah. <coughs> yes and no. I mm. mean, I have to be honest here. I mean, sometimes when I talk with startups, and these are millennials and Generation Y, this devil of greed sometimes
0: sits on their shoulders as oh. well. Uh? No, don't and get I said, me wrong. They do want to make money. They just <coughs> don't want it to be based on, well, you've achieved this uh, KPI, so here's your extra money. They do want to build wealth. They want, but they also want wealth because it gives them power and influence
2: um yes yes but when he comes down for example sharing shares with uh, their employees and so on then it's a lot of oh no no, it's mine mine." (laughs) (laughs) that's what i mean so greed is actually the biggest enemy of brand-based value-based organizations i have to say
0: that's my conclusion (laughs) and also the enemy of collaboration
1: yes up to a certain point, yes. Uh, g- yeah. As long as uh, the as long as the greed uh, is common, then it, it will al- align the objectives. But if there's a group of greedy people and non greedy people, um, this is not working long yeah, term. Yeah, sure.
2: When you are when you're working in a discounter and everything is for for cheap and cheap and cheap, then of course, um, yeah. And that is, an, as well, a brand and the culture and the purpose mm. that well, you're I, I, with. Yeah. I think maybe as a… But then be honest. That's what I'm always saying. Then be honest. Don't come and then with a, with a bloomery marketing and say, oh, well, you know, and we are really take care about these things. That's not working. You know, that's why I still think so strategy, products, yeah. services, and marketing need to be aligned across the line.
0: Yeah, there's a saying for that when when you're one thing and you're trying to be something more, it's uh, putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you're saying, don't put lipstick on the pig. No. Just yeah. say, we're authentic. a pig. And you should be happy
1: to be a pig. <laughs> be authentic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You are who you are.
0: <laughs> well, that's another word that gets thrown around a lot in business these days, is being authentic. Um, being an authentic organisation. Being your word doing what you say you're going to do, fulfilling your promise to your customers. Mm-hmm. And yet that seems hard for a lot of organisations because they're yes. often torn apart by competing uh, expectations.
2: And that is uh, again because the freezing things, strategy, product services and marketing and probably even as well delivery, I mean uh, distribution, mm. are not aligned uh, along a, a common vision. Mm. And again, that has to do with, with, with leadership, uh, because when so you steal the people wrongly and you have the distribution guy who says, well, you know, I need to be most efficient. Um, and then the strategy that says we want to grow, uh, right, I don't know, in, 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 in this, is this market, but the products are not there for that market. And marketing tells totally we want only to talk about the youngsters. Then things yeah. are not fitting together. Yeah. And but that's what most companies struggle with.
1: And, and very few companies have uh, an incentive that is based on the success of the overall company. True. I have, uh, if I'm working logistics, I have my logistics objectives. And I. if I really want to achieve them, I really have to focus on getting them done. And I have no time and uh, no incentive to really help my colleague that is uh, trying to reorganize uh, the service delivery to the customer because says my product needs to be delivered differently. I so, say sorry, no space. I have to be very efficient. I can't bring you a, a Chinese uh, vase or mm. to a customer by, by really soft packaging or whatever. You mm-hmm. have standard here and that's it. There was a, a
0: great example at the height of McLaren's dominance of the Formula One. Every single person that worked for the company, if you said to them, what's your purpose? They'd say to make the car go faster.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So the whole organisation was aligned to a single purpose. And and I remember a case study because they s- said, even the receptionist, mm-hmm. when she was asked, said, my job's to make the car go faster. And they said, well, how do you do that? You're just the receptionist. And she said, I make sure no one gets past me who's going to slow... The car. Everyone else got, <laughs> getting the car to go yeah. faster. So it was really oh. interesting how you can galvanize a whole organization mm-hmm. behind a single vision and a single call to action. Yeah. So when you guys are engaged by a client, and without giving away the secret uh, source, it, it, what are you looking for in an organization to see the opportunity from a consulting perspective? You know, they've come to you with a problem, But how do you even know that they want to solve the problem? (laughs) Or the problem can be solved? Sometimes
2: they probably think that they know the problem. That's more the situation that we see, that they see something's wrong and they have a theory about it. But they sometimes need just as well. Somebody comes here and says, "I, I, I understand why you think that is the problem. But to be really, really honest, and put the mirror in front of them. That's not the problem, mm-hmm. you know? it's,
1: it's similar when you go to the doctor because you have an ache somewhere and you don't know where it, why it's, maybe you know where it's coming from but you're not sure about it. And uh, it takes a good doctor to really find, if especially if it's a more complicated situation, where the ache is coming from. Mm. And it's, I think it's similar with our job that uh, we see the symptoms some symptoms are just bad numbers <laughs> bad quarter or whatever or bad performance or high fluctuation of people or a lot of complaints or a lot of warranty costs whatever some and it you need to understand the business model or the uh, the operating model how the company works really mm. how are these from the outside they look quite alike but in the inside every company is different and it takes some, some, some experience to really uh, quickly understand, grasp the personality of the company mm. and then uh, see, okay, due to that personality, probably in this and this areas, we, we do a first uh, deep dive. Mm.
0: And really start to do the diagnosis rather than really? just treat the symptom.
1: Yeah we we don't have time for the the engagements are quite short typically it's not uh, we don't have 2 years time or, or 1 year time mm. to really analyze everything and uh, dive into the data uh, lake of the company and, and search for everything and fi- and hopefully find something we have we have to be very focused and and, and aim within the first week we have to aim for the right uh, potential causes for these symptoms mm. And then find a solution. And uh, that's typically the 1st say, the first third of the time we spend. And then the rest we spend actually making it happen. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the biggest challenges. Finding the solution is, is very easy. Same, we have a lot of people having ideas, but bringing the ideas down to work or in reality, that's a much bigger step. It's a bit like
0: being able to diagnose the symptom, but then the patient doesn't want to take the medicine. <laughs> <or
1: something. laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, look, um, we've run out of time, but thanks for uh, sitting down and having the conversation.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure on our side too. Yep, thanks. But, nice. uh, Thank you very much.
0: One last question before we go: Who's the worst client you've ever had?